Snow falls on an old apartment. Inside, the holiday season is in swing. On the first floor, cokes are poured and stories shared among friends. Three flights up, one generation passes down the family recipe to the next. Inside every home, there's magic. Coca-Cola, real magic. Enjoy the real magic of the season with close friends, family, and refreshing Coca-Cola paired with all your holiday meals. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Another edition of the Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual, New York State, and Sit Means Sit Syracuse. Apparently, I need to tell. Cooper to sit right now. Uh, go ahead and visit sitmeansit.com. Sitmeansit.com. Unbelievable training for your dog. Any breed, any behavior, any dog at Sit Means Sit Syracuse. Go ahead and get a free consultation today. Visit the website at sitmeansit.com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Welch and Company Jewelers and our good friends over at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group as well as the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform as well. I wanted to dive deep into uh, the World Series, kind of put a bow on it, recap it, and, and kind of my overall synopsis from the season and into next season as obviously the CBA is on the table between the players and the owners. I'm going to first say that this is the least amount of baseball I have ever watched in the postseason in my entire life. It doesn't make me happy. It's just the way it is. You know, the sport cannot get out of its own way. The analytics are incredibly dominant. And I've heard from a lot of people, well, you're not watching because the Yankees aren't it. I'm not that kind of fan, man. I'm not that kind of fan. I'm glued to the NCAA tournament when the Bonnies lose. When Syracuse loses, I'm still watching all the games. Plus, I work in the business. Hello. I work in sports media. There's kind of, for certain things and certain elements and big events and things that you cover... There's a certain gots to watch it because you have to talk about it, right? Gots to watch because you gots to talk. And Major League Baseball, you know, it, it's a sport. I mean, look, I run pinstripepassion.com. I talk baseball quite a bit during the regular season. But from a human interest standpoint, to me, they're, the baseball, the game of baseball is still very enjoyable uh, in certain parts. It's still a beautiful sport when it's on, 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 you know, at its best. But I'm not into, you know, aces pitching three innings. I'm not into 14, 15 pitching changes in a game. You know, in game six, the Braves only used three pitchers. That was the most beautiful thing about the game, in my opinion, right? Like all these pitching changes, the length of the games, uh, all the analytics, all the BS that's going into it, managers not being able to manage on the whole now, 
I think Snitaker and 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 Dusty Baker were were managing big time in the World Series, and I think in other cases this postseason, there were others like Alex Cora. Uh, it depends on the franchise. The franchise, you know, in the front office will give, you know, the book to the to the manager, and they'll constantly talk about the analytics, and then they'll let them manage with what the numbers are that they have in their hand. You know, they they they're given the data, they manage with the data. Uh, they don't get controlled all the way by the front office and the general manager, but that's how it is in New York with the Yankees. That's how it is with many other teams <clears throat> around Major League Baseball. I also didn't watch the final out of the World Series. Uh, that's something I always do because I just love that Little League feel of watching the winner, unless it's the Red Sox, uh, run out to the field. And I think this is only like the second or third time in my life I haven't seen the last out of the World Series. The other couple of times I couldn't handle it with Boston winning. Um, but this was the only, <clears throat> you know, the only other time. Um, I'm just, I'm down on the sport. I'm sick of the owners and the players, um, you know, battling one another. The commissioner, Rob Manfred, has added too many gadgets and gimmicks to the game. Uh, you know, the pitching rules, the runner on second to start in extra innings in the regular season, all these idiotic things that have been implemented. Uh, the umpiring has never been worse. I mean, I can go on and on and on here. Um, that's created me to to just kind of step away a lot more than I, I ever could have imagined. Because if, if you know me and you've known me for a long time, you know how much I love baseball. You know, I've worked in minor league baseball. I've covered the game for a long time. I've been in clubhouses. I cover the Hall of Fame induction every year in Cooperstown. Um, I get a ton of baseball guests on this show, and I've gotten a ton on, you know, previous radio shows in Central New York, SB Nation, Yahoo, Albany, for my short time there. I mean, I, I, I've, I've had a, a lot of great times covering baseball and interviewing people inside the game. But the game is really lost right now. It's lost itself. Having said that, let's break down this World Series. One in six games uh, by the Atlanta Braves in one of the great, really, truly great stories. I and mean, we're talking about a team that was only, you know, 15 games over 500 and a team that for a good stretch of time wasn't a game over 500, right? I think it was three months. They weren't even over 500 and they end up as World Series champs. And it, it starts with them missing so many guys, right? Ozuna away because of the domestic situation. Ronald Acuna tears his ACL. He's out for the year. Uh, you know, Soroka, uh, just a great pitcher. He's out for the year. And Alex Anthopoulos, you know, wouldn't take no for an answer in terms of building this franchise back up. We're still going to go for this. You know, we are. We're still going for it. And he did just an unbelievable job, an unbelievable job of remaking this team with certain pickups, certain acquisitions. I mean, when you think about the unbelievable play, right? Rosario, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, you know, picking up all of these guys. <clears throat> and before that, you know, making moves to get guys like Travis Darno, Just players who fit into what the Braves do. And then they had just enough starting pitching with Max Freed, with Ian Anderson, a ton of their bullpen guys, Will Smith and company. I mean, Will Smith, you know, this year, he was 
he was unreal. I mean, he had a 1.13 whip. He was a 3.44 ERA guy. He had 34, uh, 37 saves. I mean, you know, and he's been really good for a long time. You know, we know what he did, you know, with, with the Giants. Um, and, you know, at times with, um, as kind of like a long man and, and, and all the rest with, with uh, with KC, he I mean the record didn't look good for KC or Milwaukee. High ERA at times. Other times though, I mean he was a long man who ate a lot of innings. Um, he was on a, you know a, a, some four different teams now here. One, two, three. Yeah, I mean Royals, Brewers, Giants, and Braves. I mean <clears throat> this guy for the Giants. I mean he was he was really really good in 2019. He had 34 saves. Um, you know, ERA below three in in uh, 2016 and 18 and 19. <clears throat> so he's he he was a huge part of the Braves bullpen. Big time stuff coming out of uh, out of his uh, out of his power arm there, and the Braves. You know, they just had a lot of arms across the board, man. Matzik and Minter and Smith and all these guys. Um, you know, Luke Jackson. All these guys, man. And, you know, Ian Anderson, Max Fried, you know, Kyle Wright, they had just enough starting pitching. And then they just let the bullpen roll in a bullpen game. And, you know, there's one other guy who was picked up who was out of control great, absolutely phenomenal. And I left him out for a reason because I wanted to spend a couple of minutes just on him, and that is Jorge Soler. I mean, this guy, and I remember reading an article on CBS Sports, I forget the writer's name, but he had predicted that Solaire would, you know, be a, a problem in the World Series and set some records. He came pretty close to doing everything that he said he was going to do, and he was just a terror in this game, uh, in this series, pardon me. I mean, he was, at, he was one of those guys, you know, where, like, it eventually becomes... It gets to the point where you're like, okay, he's going to do something. Like he gets up. If you're not going to intentional walk him, he's going to do so. He's hit one to the moon. He's going to hit one off a off a wall for a double. He's going to knock in two in the gap. It doesn't. He's going to do something. And in game six, he set the tone. I mean, he set the tone with that three run home run, and the Braves did not look back from there. Swanson homered to left. Uh, Freeman doubled. Freeman homered. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. But just an unbelievable, unbelievable series for, you know, Jorge Soler. And, um, you know, I look at I look at this guy and the, the career path. It's one of those things, right? I mean, he's been in the big league since 1992. You know, he defected over from Cuba. He paid his dues. He's played on some horrible, horrible baseball teams. Um, you know, he, he, he bought time in Kansas city, right. For one, two, three, four, five years. He played for the Cubs before that obviously was on that 2016 team. Uh, prior to that though, obviously was on some, some, some brutal teams. Um, you know, in 14, you know, even for the Cubs, I mean, he only played 24 games, even if the Cubs were decent, uh, he wasn't getting maybe a ton of playing time. He finally arrives, gets some time in 2015, um, you know, and then you fast forward all the way through the Kansas City years, and you fast forward through uh, up until twenty twenty one, 
And here we are, and this guy is, you know, the World Series MVP. You know, and it's just, it's remarkable. It's amazing. These these baseball nomads, they hang around long enough. Something happens. You know that there's something in them. I mean, this is only a 223 career hitter, right? We don't see this much. I mean, in baseball, remember a Rosarina last year for the Rays kind of arrived. I understand during the regular season in the NFL, like look at what the Saints did, right? They had a cast of no-names, you know, lost their quarterback, and they beat the Bucks and Tom Brady. We see that during the regular season in the NFL. Any given Sunday, you know, a backup quarterback goes out and wins. Look at Mike White with the Jets. That happens in the NFL all the time. Week to week, it happens. Upsets happen. Jets beat the Titans this year. Jets beat the Bengals this year. Upsets happen. Great quarterbacks get knocked around a little bit. Uh, you can win a Super Bowl, go back to the Super Bowl, lose, come back the next year as the prohibitive favorites again in your conference, and, and be 500 halfway through the season, see Kansas City Chiefs, right? Around 500, right? But that's that's kind of where the NFL is on a weekly. But what I'm getting at is that when the stage is big and it's set with the big lights on, okay, the NFL usually it's the really good teams from the regular season and the deeper you go, the best players win the awards, right? The best players make the most happen. There are unsung heroes. There are unsung plays. Uh, you know, Deion Branch, I believe one of one, a Super Bowl MVP, right? When Tom Brady was on the roster, right? So that's an example. There are many other examples uh, that, that, that take place in the NFL. I mean, I could go on and on and on about, you know, all the MVPs, you know, in the history of, of the NFL in terms of, like, no-name guys winning, um, you know, Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, we can, go, we can go way back to a guy like, you know, Dexter Jackson for the Buccaneers, right? We can go back to uh, on a team that was so loaded with, with, with Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball. Larry Brown gets two interceptions in Super Bowl 30 and, uh, and wins it. But for the most part, look at the names of Super Bowl MVPs. Look at the names, right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Bart Starr, Joe Namath, Len Dawson, Staubachs, Lynn Swan, Bolitnikoff, Bradshaw, Plunkett, Riggins, Marcus Allen, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Terrell Davis, John Elway, Ray Lewis, Tom Brady, you know, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Santonio Holmes, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look at these guys. Look at the names. Doug Williams, even. I mean, look, at that point, he was one of the top couple quarterbacks through the entire year. Jerry Rice, right? Patrick Mahomes, you know? Um, even Julian Edelman is, is you know, was, was the favorite target of Tom Brady a few years ago, won the Super Bowl MVP, right? Von Miller, one of the best defensive players we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, from this recent era of the NFL, you're, you're probably going to talk about Von Miller and Aaron Donald as being the two, now they're teammates, the two dominant guys in the NFL, right? He won a Super Bowl MVP. Malcolm Smith won one. That was kind of, whoa. But Joe, and Joe Flacco won one. Now you look at it and say, well, Joe Flacco is a no-name in the history of the game, but for that short a time, two, three years, he was one of the best elite quarterbacks, one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL, who I thought, you know, had some major staying power, right? Emmett Smith, Otis Anderson, Phil Simms, right? I mean, look at these guys. Look at the names who win Super Bowl MVPs. And you can look at that, and a lot of it is 
similar in Major League Baseball, but it's more prone to be Jorge Soler. You know, you're 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 more likely in baseball to get a guy like Jorge Soler, who has you know bought his time, multiple franchises, baseball nomad, um, you know, finally arriving on the stage, and all of a sudden, ba boom, how are you today? You can't get me out. You know, you can't get me out. And the Astros had no answers for him. They really had no answers for him. Um, Neither did the Dodgers. Uh, Brewers did a pretty good job on him. Uh, he hit under 100, obviously, in that series. Really struggled, but, you know, he came back and, and, and was really, really good against uh, the Dodgers when he needed to be. Um, you know, again, in the World Series, he was benefit, you know, he got the benefit of, of the DH. Uh, he took full advantage of it, and he went nuts. I mean, he had 20 at-bats, and... Uh, you know, six hits, six RBI, three home runs, three walks, hit 300. His OPS was 1,100 plus. I mean, great World Series. It's a 223 lifetime hitter. You know, you don't see an NFL no-name slash backup quarterback, whatever, go and win the Super Bowl MVP. You just it, it just doesn't happen that often. You might have an unsung hero here and there and all the rest, but usually... It's Hall of Famer, a quarterback in a lot of instances, uh, or during an era, a certain position player like a Riggins or an Allen or an Emmett Smith. You know, those guys are all in Canton, right? Jorge Soler is not going to Cooperstown. So it's more prone in baseball to have this happen. He had a great series. Um, you know, I think when you look at the rest of, of this series, um, it was kind of like, how the entire postseason went for Atlanta, and frankly, the regular season when they were when they were hot, right? Because when they were hot, it was well they play in the NL East, right? I mean, are the Saints or the Saints are the are the uh, are the Braves really going to arrive, right? Can we really believe in these guys? Almost kind of the same feeling as one of their teams in the in, in the same city in the Atlanta Falcons, right? Like, oh, what are these guys going to do? Are they, and then they finally arrive up 28-3 in the Super Bowl. They choke that away, you know, and now they're a broken franchise, uh, just totally broken. Uh, new regime, new head coach, new GM, can't get out of their own way. Injuries like crazy. Uh, Calvin Ridley now steps away with mental health. I mean, it's one thing after another. The dominoes have fallen in Atlanta for the Falcons. But the Braves, you know, I remember people talking all year like, oh, the division's so bad, the division's so bad. But that doesn't mean that you can't get a World Series winner out of it because once you win the division and you're in, you hit the reset button. Everything changes. You know, we've seen this before. We've seen teams come from an inferior league or an inferior conference and win a championship, uh, especially, <clears throat> you know, on, on, a, on a stage where it's, okay, a one-game deal or it's this series. It's one game or six or seven games. It's not 162 games. You know, it's not the course of a season. It's the here and now and you play a few games and then you figure out, you know, who's going to win, who's going to lose. And I think in this particular spot, I think this is outstanding stuff by the Atlanta Braves because they fought a lot of that resiliency. I mean, they really, really did. Think about it. Dodgers, go back to the Dodgers series. And by the way, this team beat Milwaukee to start things off. They lost game one. In fact, you know what? I'm going to go back to Milwaukee because against Milwaukee, and then I'll get to Freddie Freeman and, and, and a couple other little things and I'll close up, but the Milwaukee series. I mean, they lost game one, two to one. You know, 
And then they came back and won three in a row. And that was classic Braves resiliency from 2021. You know, hey, we lost Acuna Jr. We lost Soroka. We lost Ozuna. No problem. Rosario, Peterson, Duvall, you know, Solaire, right? We'll plug and play. We got Ian Anderson, uh, who, by the way, is a Shenandoah grad out of the Capital Region and also played for the Valley Cats, Tri-City, from the Joe to the show, as they say. Pretty great stuff. Loved going to the, uh, that stadium, Joe Bruno, when I was in Albany um, up there in Troy. Um, but pretty cool stuff there. A Capital Region guy uh, winning a World Series and, and being, you know, I think, I know Freed pitched Game 6 and was fantastic, but I think Ian Anderson's the ace of the Braves. You know, I mean, just unbelievable resiliency. I mean, they lost a 2-1 game. That was a tough first game to lose to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, especially, you know, when you, you started out and Charlie Morton gave you everything you needed. By the way, there's another injury, Charlie Morton, right? He went six innings and had nine strikeouts. They end up losing him through the postseason. I mean, they got everything they wanted out of a starting pitcher and lost. They come back and win three in a row. The Braves play the Dodgers. They won the first two games. You know, everybody said, okay, we're going to Los Angeles. Game three is obviously going to be it. The Braves kind of let the Dodgers back in a little bit in that game. Bang, 6-5, the Dodgers win. But then the Braves come right back and win as 3-1. Then they lose game game, uh, game 5, and everybody said, hey, uh-oh, is it happening again? Is it happening again? Remember the Dodgers came back 3-1 before, blah, blah, you know, down 1-3, da-da-da, is it going to happen again? And then they, the Braves just come right out in game 6, and they slam the door on the L.A. Dodgers. The Braves' bullpen was absolutely positively Lights out, for the most part. Ian Anderson only gave him four innings. It was Minter, Jackson, Matzik, and Smith dominating, like so many other games in the postseason. They only gave up one earned run in five, and they win 4-2, and they got crazy, unbelievable production from, you know, Rosario. And just this team effort, this collective effort. The Braves picked each other up every single night. In this particular game, Freddie Freeman had four walks, which helped the team, but he didn't have any hits, didn't have any RBI. You could look at some other. Duvall had an off game in this one. Jack Peterson had an off game in this one. Dadsby Swanson had an off game in this one. But guess what happened? You know, Travis Darno had an off game in this one. But guess what happened? Guess what happened? Rosario, two hits, three, three RBI, you know, with, with the big home run in the fourth inning. I mean, you know, Elbies gets a hit. Riley, two hits and an RBI. I mean, this is the sign of a championship team. When a lineup misses three, four guys, five guys, the other three, four pick you up. You know, it, 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 it reeks, it screams 90s Yankees to a T. It really does. And so then they win game six. And then in the World Series, they win game one, lose game two. It's tied. So Houston, you know, now, you know, we, we, we go to Atlanta. You know, this is a resilient bunch, but... Houston's offense is the best. I mean, I, I heard more about Houston's offense in the entire World Series on shows and all the rest than I heard anything about the Braves um, being able to shut them down, right? There was a lot of talk about Atlanta, obviously, but, you know, in their bullpen and, and who would start and this and that. And Snitker's story is great, by the way, because you know, he's been with the franchise for, what, 44, 40, 45 years back to, I think, age 22, <laughs> you know, um, you know, player, scout, now the manager, etc. And he's just perfect for the team. He's very low key. Uh, he he he's like the cool the cool uncle. Um, in some cases, the cool grandpa. 
uh, and, and, and just handles things, right? Uh, uh, Alex Anthopoulos gives him the power to manage. Um, and just a really cool story. The Atlanta Braves offense should have been talked about as much, if not more, than the Houston Astros. They put together uh, seven runs in game six. They were fantastic. Houston looked like they were exhausted in this in this series, by the way, to Atlanta. Like, game four, you know, get, I think right in, in that wheelhouse of game, excuse me, game, yeah, game three and game four, the two-nothing and three-to-two games, you kind of right at that moment after game four, you kind of said to yourself, okay, like Houston just doesn't have it, right? I mean, Houston, they're exhausted. Um, you know, they took a 2 nothing lead in that game, but they couldn't hang on. And it just, it was the Braves train just kept chugging. You know, Riley singles to left and an RBI there, then Swanson homered and then Solaire homered. You know, in this home run era, uh, with analytics, launch angle, and all the rest that we're in, you do have to hit home runs to win games. I don't think you you know can should lean on them. Atlanta certainly didn't, but they hit their share of home runs. And, and Smith closed it out. He was unbelievable. Uh, again, Matzik got the win. Uh, in Atlanta, it, you know, they're World Series champions. Where do they go from here? Well, they go to <clears throat> a place in the NL East where they're the absolute undaunted favorites going into 2022, assuming we have baseball. More on that in a minute. Um, you know, they've got just an outstanding, outstanding roster uh, as it is now. They'll have to make some changes, <clears throat> you know, like everybody else in the offseason who becomes free agent, who, who you know, who do you bring back? Um, are you going to target the market at all? Probably want to beef up the, the starting pitching just a little bit, um, you know, but you get one of the top five players in the game back in Okunia with the knee injury. Um, you know, you, you wonder if certain things settle in certain areas, what the outfield looks like, etc., uh, but they have a major core that they are going to uh, uh, have for a long, long time. I mean, they can, they can you can continue to build through these big guys, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. By the way, those guys really, really came to form this year. Uh, remember, they were playing around not too long ago with the minor leagues with these guys. Austin Riley, third base, Dansby Swanson, shortstop. Now it looks all of a sudden like you've got the left side of your infield set for a very, 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 very long time, right? A very long time. Freddie Freeman, how many more years does he play? You know, is he going to be a guy who the Braves bring back? They should. Uh, you know, I would sign him to like a four or five year deal so then you can keep him and Albies and 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 Swanson and Riley together. You've got depth at shortstop as well with Camargo. Uh, uh, at, well, he can at third rather for with Camargo, but he can slide over and play short if he has to. You've got... Really a great infield for the long haul. The outfield should be fine as well. The pitching and the bullpen is there. Uh, the manager is there. The front office is there. It's hard to repeat. It's hard to get back. But they're the prohibitive favorites in the NL East. There's no doubt about that. They're far better than the Marlins. They're far better than the Mets. Uh, the, the, the Phillies are a disaster. Every team in the NL East has something going on. The Nationals basically are heading into a rebuild maybe after a couple of years after winning the World Series. They're a disaster. They need a lot of help. They got to have some minor leaguers come up and really uh, perform and, and and make way. Uh, the Mets are a clown show in the front office. You can't believe in them. The Marlins, I mean, give me a, Marlins are irrelevant, uh, and the Phillies have spent a ton of money and nothing's worked out. 
So you, you, you've got to have, a. although Bryce Harper had a great end of the year, they have nothing to show for it in the end. I mean, they've spent five, six, seven hundred million dollars over there, and, and they have nothing to show for it. This team, the Atlanta Braves, should, should be back, and they should, they should win the NL East. Freddie Freeman, I'm super happy for. I think Freddie Freeman is building a Hall of Fame career. I was almost hoping that Freddie Freeman was going to win the World Series MVP because I wanted that to be in a spot to help solidify uh, his career because he's already got an MVP as a as an Atlanta Brave. He already has. Um, uh, he's five-time All-Star, Gold Glove. He's a World Series champ. He's an MVP guy. He's a two-time Silver Slugger. He's a career 295 hitter. His numbers, he strikes out eh, 1,300-plus times, but he's got 271 home runs. He's got 941 RBI. He has over 1,700 hits. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer now, but I think he's building the Hall of Fame career. If he can play another, you know, I don't know, and he's 32 years old too, you know, you wonder if he's going to maybe move leagues. If he moves leagues, he'll obviously buy another year or two as a DH. If he can play another six to eight years, let's say he puts a 20-year career together, right? You know, a Derek Jeter type career. I'd love to see him sign with Atlanta for six to eight more years or, you know, even five, six with options at the end or whatever the case may be. Put together another three, four, five-ish years until he's 36, 37 with, you know, around 30 home runs a year. He hit 31 this year. He puts together that. You tack on another 150 uh, and then maybe a couple years after that, maybe he gets up to 200 or so more home runs. That's 471 home runs. RBI-wise, you know, I mean, he had 121 a couple of years ago. He had 83 this year. Um, you know, I think if he can somehow put together, you know, a few 100 RBI seasons and then maybe like between 70 and 90 in those other three, four, five, six campaigns, you know, you're probably looking at 75, 70, 75 times 4, 300, another 300 off the 100 RBI seasons, maybe 600, and, and, and we'll, we'll go a little high-end, 650-ish, 660-ish. That puts him at 1,600 RBI. I think when he gets older, his batting average will come back. Maybe he'll end up being a 275, 280 hitter. But i got to tell you, if you look at all those accolades, you look at all those numbers, you look at everything he's done, I think if those are the numbers in the end, World Series champ, MVP, right, probably go to more all-star games, all those things, he'll go to Cooperstown. He's building a Hall of Fame resume. He's got one gold glove, but God, doesn't it feel like he should have two or three? This guy has been a vacuum cleaner at first base. Uh, I'm super happy for him. What's next for the Astros? You know, I, I think what's next for the Astros is, you know, their front office has a, a major challenge. I mean, there's no other way to say it because this core is going to start to get broken up a little bit. I can't see Carlos Correa staying. I just can't. Um, he's going to want enormous, enormous, enormous amounts of money. Uh, he'll probably be the lead dog in the shortstop market. Um, there's a lot of guys out there uh, who are becoming free agents. Uh, Corey Seager, to name one. Trevor Story, to name another. Carlos Correa is the is the absolute gem of the class. And he's going to want huge money. He's going to want the most money of all. Seattle, Texas, these teams are going to be looking to spend and spend big. Um, you know, watch out for these clubs. They're going to be they're going to be getting after it. Uh, would the Boston Red Sox entertain? You know, getting back and, and breaking the bank a little bit. I don't know. Um, you know, so Correa, <clears throat> interesting situation here. Um, you know, did the Giants go out and try to get younger and better 
uh, after they just had a great year, do you go out and try to get your new franchise cornerstone of the Giants go out and spend money? I've heard rumors that maybe that's the case as well. Um, you know, but Carlos Correa, um, you know, he's going to be, he's going to, he's, it's going to be a lot of money. It's <laughs> be a lot of money. And, you know, this, this group, you know, they're going to, you're going to have to start to kind of, you know, Altuve, Bregman, you know, who's that third guy? Who's that fourth guy? You know, is Jordan Alvarez there to stay? Uh, Guriel is 37. I mean, there's a lot of guys here. Maldonado, 35. I mean, they have some guys who are aging. The pitching staff took a major hit this year. You know, is Verlander going to be back for a full healthy year? Does he want one more year to try and chase another ring before he retires? Maybe two more years. McCullers had injury problems this year. I think he got something with uh, Jose Urquidy. He's fantastic. And I think he got something with Luis Garcia. Garcia's 24, Aquiti's 26. I think you can build around those guys. Framber Valdez as well is 27. You, you have three guys there you can build around. I think the Astros pitching, especially with the way they coach and manage and the analytic part that they mix in with the, the, you know, the old school, new school, I think they're going to be okay from a pitching standpoint. I think it's a matter of what you want to do building around a couple of players offensively. So I'm loving uh, the fact that the Braves won this World Series. And you know what? I've been asked by a few people if the Braves... If if the Astros, pardon me, had won, uh, you know, oh, you would have would you have forgotten about the cheating scandal? No, of course not. That stays with them forever. <laughs> you can't go back in time on that one. That stays with Houston forever. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves winning the 2021 World Series. Unbelievable run for that ball club and GM Alex Anthopoulos and Snicker and all the rest uh, on down the line. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, Welch and Company Jewelers, Axe Exotic Pets, and CNY Electrical. Log on to cnyelectrical.com, cnyelectrical.com, commercial and residential needs in and around the great state of New York and central New York, 315-297-1514. That's 315-297-1514. I also want to remind people to go ahead and visit bscbobcats.com for an updated schedule for the Bryant and Stratton College Bobcats of Syracuse. Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse is the official college of the ML Sports Platter with baseball starting this spring in inaugural season. How exciting is that? Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Angie's List is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.